0: I would like to welcome LaRonda. She's our guest today on the Real and Random podcast. The topic where I'm talking about, it's about everyone has a story, and more importantly, domestic abuse and domestic violence. And I feel like it's important to get that message out there because there's so much going on in the world today and people need to understand what domestic violence is, what it looks like. You know, it could just be your neighbor. You'll never know. Sometimes by the physical manifestation, it could be something happening on the inside. You just never know. So, LaRonda, I want you to t- introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your backstory.
1: Okay, of course. My name is LaRonda Coleman. Um, and my backstory is a little different. Um, I've dealt with a narcissist. So, I'm speaking from a, a survivor of a, ner- of a narcissistic personality disordered person. Um, My background, um, when you say background, do you mean just, like, dealing with this situation? Right. Like, how long have you guys been married? Oh, gosh. Okay. So, basically, I met him in 2009. Um, We were, like, best friends. We were best friends. So, I thought. Um, And, you know, years, we just, every time we would see each other, it was always good vibes. Um, There was a situation with him. He went away for a little while. And when he came back, um, I was able to be there for him and try to help him get back to society and um, those things like that. And um, in the process, um, he proposed to me uh, in May of 2020. I'm sorry, 2019, last year. We were married September 22nd of 2019. As soon as the I dues were said, that's when I noticed the change really? up until that point for years. I did not see that side of him. I didn't, I've never, he's never shown me an angry side. Like, I, you know, not physically angry or just raising his voice. None of that for years. I did not see that. Um, it was only until two days and I'll never forget it was September the 24th, two days after we were married. That mask came off, and that side of him, I saw a side of him that I never knew existed. And I've been knowing this man since 2009. So, um... What do you think changed? What, what, what was the trigger? Was it something you did, something you said, something he did? At first, I thought it was something that I did. So I was overcompensating, trying to fix things, you know, trying to make it better. But even when I made things better for the situation, that was still a problem. So there was no way of fixing the problem. For example, he was like, you don't compliment me, you know, or something simple like that. And then I compliment him. Oh, you don't mean what you're saying. It was a lot of mind games, a lot of mind manipulation. It was a lot of gaslighting, which I had to learn about that gaslighting. Um, Well, stop right there. Explain what is gaslighting? Okay, so gaslighting is basically where someone, if you look at the sky and you know that the sky is cloudy, and they say, no, it's not, it's not cloudy, it's raining, but you know that you see clouds, but they're telling you it's something else, so if you, another example is if you, um, if someone was to call your phone and say, hey, um, LaRonda, for example, um, I saw him at, a restaurant with a female and take a picture and send it to you and you show it to him. And he says, that's not me.
0: So it almost sounds like gaslighting is the modern version of instigating. Yes. Okay. okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Gaslighting is one of the parts where that's where it starts to play tricks on your brain. Mm-hmm. That's where it makes you start questioning certain things that you know to be true, but they make it seem like a lie just for you to get along with their get along. Mm-hmm. And that's where it starts to play on the mind of the victim. That's yeah. number one. So once the, the gaslighting starts, you start wondering, well, I didn't do that. But he, maybe I did do it. Or M- did I put that in the hamper? Maybe I did. Maybe I didn't put it in the hamper. Or I know I washed that load of clothes. but You know, just small things. It will make you question mm-hmm. everything that you've done. And you like, know you've done it it's like he's
0: not tripping maybe i'm tripping
1: or is he tripping right one of us tripping right okay. right 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 right, right. <laughs> so and and, and it, it plays tricks on your mind it makes you double think situations and that is a part that I, a lot of times with a lot of victims especially if you're in it for a very long time once they get the mind it's, it's um, pretty much uh, mind control, manipulation. The abuse can start, the trauma bonding can start, and then you're stuck and you feel like you can't get out because they're by that point, they've already torn you down to the point where you believe that no one else is going to want you, no one else is going to love you, no one else is going to appreciate you.
0: Now, going in, I'm looking at you, and you look like a very strong person put together. So going in, I'm sure you thought, I got myself together. I'm
1: good. At what point did you start to feel the shift and go, I'm losing my mind. I might be crazy. When I started feeling like I was losing my mind and I thought I might be crazy is the day that I told him he had to go. Mm. Now, how long was that? Had you been married when you said that? Uh, We were married um, September 22nd of 2019. Uh, We were legally separated February 1st of 2020. Wow. So it did not take long at all. Like I said, September 24th, his mask came off. And when I noticed the different subtleties, the things that I fell in love with is not what I was getting anymore. And I would have conversations about that and try to talk to him about, you know, well, what can we do to make it better? And it was like that he wasn't trying to hear that because he had no intentions on making it better. His only a narcissist intention is to break you down tear you down to the lowest common denominator, make you feel like you're nothing, and then they leave you and find someone else to do the same thing to. It's an ongoing process.
0: Now, was there other signs of control outside of just the mind games? Was he controlling like where you went, the money, like anything else? He
1: did not control the money, but he did try to control where we ate. He would ask, where do you want to eat? And if I said, well, I want to go to, let's say, Bonefish. Well, I don't want to go there okay well what do you want to go I don't know where do you want to go it was a back and forth yes it was a back and forth like you don't know what you want and when I want you don't have any intentions on giving me what I want but you want me to think that you care about what I want mm. if that makes sense
0: gotcha yeah. and then we end
1: up going to where he wants to go in the end instead of just saying baby put on your clothes and let's just go you know because when you're in a relationship sometimes it doesn't matter where you go as long as you're together exactly Exactly.
0: So, wow. Yeah. So you found sooner than later, which is weird. How long did you guys date before you got married?
1: We dated for a year and a half before we got married.
0: Okay. So he was giving you his representative for a year and a half. Absolutely. And he showed up after you got Oh, married. he
1: showed up. It showed out.
0: <laughs> it showed
1: out. Oh my gosh, he showed out. Yeah.
0: Now did you know that what you were experiencing was the acts of narcissism? You said research time. on it? Okay. That time.
1: It just so happened that um, after our legal separation, when he was gone as of February 1st, um, an app popped up on my phone and it was a Quora app. And um, I just started clicking on it and scrolling and just reading of other victims, even from narcissists themselves explaining their mind process and they can't help what they do. Um, even some, psycholo- some psychologists were on there explaining um different things to, as far as you know what they see some of the characteristics they call it symptoms and there obviously there's no treatment for this you know um which i believe there is but the person has a, to want it for themselves and recognize they have to want it for themselves and do the work right you know but that app helps me a lot because anytime because of the trauma bond once you get used to certain things when he's not around, if I wanted to call him, I would go on that app and just read and remind myself why I got out of the situation. I would read it. Because I know that they speak a lot on no contact and the reason why they are strong on no contact is because as soon as you open that door, they're gonna start again. And there's it's a it's a process to the narcissism and how, how they operate. And from what I've read on Cora and from the psychologist, psychologist, I can't talk. <laughs> Psychological, yes, from their standpoint, everyone operates the same. Every narcissist, whether it's female or male, they all operate in the same. It's all the same.
0: So they try to bring you back in. Because so when I was married, he would say, Well, I'm not going to do that anymore. I let that girl go. You know, he was cheating and doing things like that. Just ridiculous stuff for no reason. And mm-hmm. He would say, Well, okay, I'm not gonna see her no more and you know, and I'm not gonna do this. And I mean, but the funny part was that darn phone stayed under top security, like it was Secret Service held down. You know, yes,
1: yes, (laughs) yes. That's Mm -hmm. what that was the that was the capitalist that did it. Um that phone, he would literally at first it was no issue, like baby, answer the phone, it was no problem. All of a sudden I can't answer the phone and I have the I had the code. Mm
0: -hmm. I couldn't
1: answer the phone. He slept with the phone right next to him.
0: Yep, yep exactly and they'll try to bring you back in and then you yeah. fall for it and it's just a matter of time they're going to revert right
1: back to it they're going to revert right back because the phases of the narcissistic mindset was love bombing what they do to make you fall in love with them then they begin to devalue that's the second step in narcissism they devalue you then they will discard you that's when during the devalue stage is when they're seeking other supply That's when they're looking for other women, other attention, because they need attention. Um, And then the discard is when they feel like they might have another victim in place, because during the devalue of you, they are love bombing someone else. Mm. And then once they begin to get, you know, get that person trained, then they devalue and then they discard you. So there's a whole cycle. And so once they discard you, you're left trying to figure out what did you do wrong? What did you do while he's out love bombing someone else Mm -hmm. and going to get ready to take her through the same thing you just went through? And once he starts to devalue her, then it's a stage called Hoover when they'll try to come back by breadcrumbing, like they'll send a text or, you know, because they know that you're waiting on that call. They know that, you know, they just left abruptly didn't tell you anything or just stop whatever they were doing even in a marriage what would happen is they would stop um whereas they'll say well you don't call me and check on me today you know you don't call and check on me throughout the day you start doing it and then they make you feel stupid for doing it but
0: this is the part that baffles me and I mean I, I say this about my own situation It's like How could, if this is your, who you are, how do you mask that? Like, it's a concerted effort to
1: mask that. It has to be, which means you have to be in touch. You know what you're doing. You know what you're doing. (laughs) They know what they're doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. But it's a game for them. It's a game. Mm. And, And they don't change because they get different supply, different women or men or the victims. Each person has something that the narcissist needs.
0: Ah, okay.
1: So in my case, it was financial at the time. But then once he began began to, you know, get himself together, um, and he felt like he didn't need me anymore, then it was he wanted to present to the world like I'm this grandeur businessman to everyone else while I'm at home and I'm like, I helped you get there. Mm -hmm. And instead of appreciating me for what I did, you take what we have together to build somewhere else or to present yourself to someone else as this grand person when in actuality now i know the truth
0: now this was interesting for me because my ex-husband i will later find out like all the men in his family kind of functioned the same way yes all were abusive to their wives they all were extra um Mm -hmm. loud and gregarious and that sort of thing so uh-huh. later, now do you go, okay, you know what? His cousin was crazy like that. His
1: uncle was crazy. Do you see the symptoms within the family? Well, actually, I'm very close to his mother. And his mother, she, she knows her son. And she and I were so close that two days before the wedding, she told me she couldn't come. She did not come to the wedding. She said because she started to see him going back to his old ways. At that time, I did not know what she meant but now when we speak and we talk she tells me about the abuse that she endured from his father the torture and the torment that she went through from his father she told me some of the things that happened to him as a child which would make a lot of sense as to from what i've read when it, when dealing with a narcissist it's a tra- a childhood trauma that happens so when she explained to me what happened to him in his childhood it was like aha but also he Tends to hang around other guys that mistreat their wives, that he's seen, um, that I was able to witness while I was with him that I didn't like. And he would speak on it and say, it's so wrong, and then turn around and do the same things. And then you have to deal with the the term that they use with narcissism, uh, the flying monkeys. <laughs> you have to deal with the flying monkeys, which I had to deal with one last night. Now, what is that? You know, now, a flying monkey are people that he has in his corner that has not seen his mask come off. They may be friends or associates that he deals with on a day-to-day. So they wouldn't see him in a personal light. They will only see him as the businessman. They're the ones that um, if, if you're not talking to them, they'll speak and they know that, they, that you speak with them. They'll send them to tell you what they have going on. Or they'll call you to see how you're doing, just to run back and tell you know to keep the keep the narrative going. Gotcha. Um, or when they do the smear campaign, I learned about the smear campaign is when you don't do something that the narcissist wants you to do, they will tell everybody you're crazy. They will make up so much stuff to make you look bad to everyone else while trying to cover up their behavior. It was in April of this year when three of his close pe close friends, reached out to me and apologized to me Really, because they they called me and apologized to me because they said he said they he made everyone think I was crazy he thought he put it out there like I was just this bad person but by me pulling my energy back and not being around him because of course we were separated in February they saw him in action with another situation and now it's like okay if everyone you deal with is crazy it might not be them it just might be you so let me ask you this, how do you prevent
0: this moving forward if he didn't show that until after the ring, after the marriage, do you feel some kind of way as a woman going, is my radar off? Am I attracting crazies? <laughs> you know, you think that naturally. It's, it's oh just- my goodness.
1: <laughs> I will tell you this from the day that I separated, it took me a good, I went through a process and I can only imagine what someone who stays in it longer than me would go through. I went through a process, and it took me about five months. Um, I went to therapy um I reached out to my apostle at church and started getting really closer to her because I was trying to understand what was it about me that attracted that in the first place, and why did i why didn't I see that right what What was going on in my life that I accepted that behavior which I didn't accept it at first, you know when you're married, you try to make it work, but then when someone apologizes and they continue to do the same thing that's not an apology correct and so All i right. just wised up um i just wised up and something within me was like you got he has to go because at that point i started to um become fearful of what he would do next because it did turn into physical abuse okay that was um, was that the only type of abuse it, was it mental or physical it was it narcissism is mental physical uh, spiritual and financial. Mm. It's all four. It's all four because it's something. The reason why they come to you is because it's something that they want from you. They see your light because they're already dead inside. They want to break. So down. when they come, yes. So they see your light mm-hmm. and they want to feed off of your light to make them feel better about themselves. But once they fed off of you and got you depleted and they can't pull from you anymore, then they start attacking you for not being perfect anymore. Oh wow. Yes. So that's the cycle in which they do this thing. And, um, all I can say is moving forward. Um, and it does make it hard to date because now you are jaded. Now you do have trust issues. Now you compare different things, conversations. If someone was to say something, the same thing that he said in the love bombing stage, and this guy could be really genuine, but because this guy used it as a lot to manipulate you question that and it makes someone else have to work extra hard to gain your trust. So you're hypersensitive to and everything. Hypersensitive to everything. Everything is, is, you know, cause I, I hang out with a lot of my female friends. We go out to eat a lot and we, you know, there's guys there and, but I'm just like, I hear something. I'm just like, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> right now, because I'm still, I've, I'm still healing. I, you know, still processing right um i understand what happened i studied uh, i've studied it to understand what the phases are and what to look for and lucky for me i did get out during the first during the devalue stage and by the time he was trying to discard i was already gone and in that case that's where the hoovers come where they continue to come around they will continue to call they will continue to send people around you just to keep tabs on you to see what you're up to and what you're doing because within the narcissist mind you cannot think or want anyone else but them really? you can't have a life outside of them huh. you can't have friends outside of them everything is about them your life means nothing your money belongs to them your spirit belongs to them your body belongs to them everything belongs to them They're, they don't it's it's them. They don't care about your feelings. They don't love you because they don't have the capacity to love based off of the psychologist, you know. And once you understand that it was just a phase and you understand that you'll never get that, that love again or that pretend love again, then it's easier to walk away. Because they'll come around and just breadcrumb you with a little bit just to keep you around while they're still off doing whatever it is they were doing. Going around finding other victims.
0: Do you? In my case, I had three kids. Do you think if you had children, the situation or your exit strategy would have been different?
1: I think it's worse when you have children. Right. And the reason why I say that is because now you have an attachment. You really have to deal with this person forever, however many years, you know, and they won't make it easy because they will use the kids just to taunt you just to try to get a rise out of you or a reaction because they seek attention. Whether it's positive or negative, they don't care what type of attention as long as it's attention. They would make up a story to the children for the children to feel bad to come back to tell you. And, and the reason why I speak on the kids is because I had stepchildren. Okay. And I saw what he did with the stepchildren when it concerned their mother. Mine
0: mm-hmm. did the same thing. He would tell my sons, well, I would do this but your mother won't let me or your mother did this your mother's the reason why we're not together your mother's the reason why this and I I went to therapy we did group therapy and I did individual therapy and I was so annoyed and my therapist was like Rashida don't do anything the it'll the, the boys will figure it out Like, don't instigate that. Don't try to dispel it. You know, there was a and I'd be like, oh, put your dad on speaker. Oh, you can get him Monday. Absolutely you can get him Monday. So get him what time you want to get him. Now the whole dynamic changes. And they go, well, yeah, dad, what's your story now? You know what I mean? Absolutely. (laughs) So I was like, you're going to run me over in the process and try to make it seem like I'm the problem. And sure enough, the therapist is right. Time told the story. Now they look at him and go, he's full of crap. You know, dad is a mess. My sons are 17 and 14 now. Mm-hmm. and they don't really they, he, the dad doesn't reach out to him he doesn't talk to them because he wants to control even them you know he wants to tell them what they want to be what kind of car you want why you should do this why you shouldn't do that no and i, I reached out to him recently i was like i cursed him out i did <laughs> i was yeah. like i was like everybody don't yeah. want your dad going beat. you are not the boss of everybody why can't my, my son got a car i'm like why can't you just be happy the boy got a car why does it have to be
1: well it's not a this it should have been a that you didn't Yay. put on it so calm down Right. Right. And you know, um, I, I did have a great relationship with his children. Um, and I noticed just by reading and just watching that the narc always ends up alone. Yes. The children end up not wanting to be bothered with them. They have hurt and just disgusted everyone in their family to not want to deal with them. And then the older they get, the more people start to see because they can't have the mask anymore they're too you know they get tired you know so now existence it's got to be lonely somewhere at some point when you've lost everything and everyone because nobody's dealing with your foolishness and you know and i will say this in my case because like i said he went out he went away for a little while prior to him going away um he had everything so to the natural eye, he had his own house, he had his business, he had his equipment. He lost everything when he went. To, he went to prison. Mm-hmm. Just put it out there. He went to prison for two and a half years. When he was coming out, no one was there for him. But hello, me. Right. He took advantage of it, even though I was being honest with him to say, "I will help you get yourself together," but it doesn't have to go any further than that. You know, I was just being honest about it because I really wasn't for sure because of the situation you know Mm -hmm. and that's where he convinced me that you know you were there for me when no one else was there that's true um and he played on the truth to Mm -hmm. make me believe
0: him and you're so right the isolation thing like my ex he had a best friend that they've been friends since like second grade when i tell you today they don't even talk to each other and it's a sad story it is because it was like y'all were like bfs like I knew y'all, like, loved each other, right? Right. He doesn't talk to the best friend anymore. He talks to a precious few cousins who actually act just like him and oh. are, are are safeguarding him. But none he's got, what, three, four, six kids. None of them talk to him. None of them. It's so interesting and funny because his ex-wife and I, I'm not gonna say we're friends, but we're friendly. She can come over here and have breakfast, dinner with us and, you know, mm-hmm. say white people stuff. That's what we do. <laughs> okay. I get it. <laughs> and the kids come over and I made sure that that relationship existed. So the kids will come over, hang out with me. And I think that's so weird because I'm the third party. Like, you shouldn't even want to be bothered with me, but you definitely won't talk to that daddy of yours. So he's isolated the entire family. And I'm like, it's gotta be sad. He's, um, 50... He's 61, and I'm like, when does it end? When does that light bulb kick on that you've just ucked up like your whole relationships? For no reason, because you don't want to pay the child support or you don't want this, you want to be in control. I have this saying that says, he who has no control loses control. So for me, he didn't know how to control me like he could his ex-wife, so he went out of control. So he tried to just do stupid stuff. I'm not gonna get the boys. You know, go to court and fight for visitation and then never show up. Tell the judge where he wants us to meet and never show up. Yes. What kind of crazy stuff is that? You know, yes. he, wanted, he wanted the title of being victorious in court, but had no plans on implementing anything. You know, he'd tell me you're not doing this. You're not doing that according to the divorce decree. But what about the 10 things you aren't doing? You know, he just skirts right on over that, <laughs> you know? And so exactly. I think he's totally narcissistic and just out of control. And it's so hard to say that because I'm like, looking at him he's so put together super duper smart you know intelligent out this world and I'll be the first to say I'll I'll be his biggest fan on his intellect but crazy as hell
1: (laughs) pretty much yeah and and that's the thing they're crazy and it's 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 mind-boggling because they are and it's like I tried to study this thing to to get a better understanding of the mindset and they say it just boils down to a childhood trauma that never healed Something in their childhood, and it says between the ages of two to five, but I'm wondering if it goes maybe to 10, maybe Um, something that they don't want to acknowledge or abandonment issue. Something happened to, to in their brain, it just clicked to say, I don't care about nobody else, I'm about me, because nobody cared about me. And I think with narcissists, they they are self-sabotagers when it comes to relationships out of fear of abandonment. So in my case, my husband, uh, he had abandonment issues. So he would create situations where I'll leave you before you leave me. But it's like, I didn't marry you to leave you. So why would you think that I'm going to leave you? But he knew in his mind that he is who he is. He could not control it. And a lot of times he would leave just to get away, I think, in the beginning to keep me from seeing that side of him. So I never got to see it. But once we were actually living in a house together and things of that nature, when it rises up in him, you couldn't control it. Yeah, they're trying to protect themselves from hurt, but they end up causing hurt. Hurt people hurt people. Absolutely.
0: But this month being National Domestic Violence Month, I wanted to put awareness around different levels and different types of violence. Earlier in my podcast, I talked with a pastor whose daughter's husband tried to do a murder suicide and kill both of them. Unsuccessful and we're thankful for that. But the scars and the trauma that ensues on the daughter, it's beyond words. And I personally have experienced domestic violence of a narcissist as my guest today explains in depth about what narcissism is, how it shows itself up in, in different ways and what it does to you as the recipient of the quote love of a, of a narcissist. I wanted to bring awareness to that. And then more recently I talked with my older sister and she started telling me about her daughter who's going through abuse and violence in her relationship. And it just saddens my heart. It makes me hurt and, and feel so sad because there's, there's gotta be more talk about this sort of stuff. I know it's ugly, it's embarrassing, it brings shame. But the interesting part about it all is that there's no look of what someone going through abuse looks like. I mean, there's the obvious where you'll see someone with a black eye, swollen lip, in face, you know, the really, really dramatic versions. But then there's people who look like me and I'm not saying I'm anything special, but you would never know looking at me The things that I endured on the back end, the the emotional abuse, the mental abuse, you know, the the choking incidences or the um, trying to subdue me so I couldn't go anywhere or closing and tearing up the garage and manipulating the garage door opener so that I couldn't leave. All these things you would never know looking at someone. So I say that to say, let's not be so judgmental of men and or women who are going through violence and abuse just because you, don't, you can't tell or you don't think it's true because there's no visible scars or evidence, it, it can be just as impactful from a mental and emotional perspective. And so I, I, my prayer, my wish is that this reaches out to someone who may be going through it or know someone who's going through it and that you'll share this episode with them so that they can be empowered and motivated to be better, do better, and get out more importantly just run leave it all on the table if that means starting all over getting new clothes getting new furniture whatever that thing is get back that control of your life and your situation before it ends badly so i want you to be encouraged be motivated and as always i say your best and brightest days are ahead you're listening to another episode of the real and random podcast i'm your girl rashida aka randomly rashida until the next time i'll catch you on the flip